Hallelujah. Why don't we have all the mothers, grandmothers, aunts, whatever you are, why don't you stand to your feet? I'm going to just pray for you. If you're a woman in here, because, you know, every, every woman has it in them to mother something, whether it's a puppy or, you know, something. People in your life, you pour in, and that's just in our DNA to do that. Sisters, daughters, aunts, cousins, mothers, grandmothers. God made us special for relationship with people. And I'm going to tell you there's an anointing and a grace on us to pour into the lives of people and to see things by the Spirit. You know, press in by way of the Spirit. You know, there's things that you know because He puts it in your heart to know. And you pray about those things. And you, and you share the things that are on your heart. People need what you have. Amen. Can we just pray over y'all? Father, we just thank you for each and every woman in this building today. Thank you for the grace that is upon their life. You put it there. You put that anointing on their life for a purpose. And it was to further somebody else. It's to help those around them. And so we thank you for that sensitivity to just be cultivated in their heart, for them to understand even more that they're an instrument used by God to help other people see you better, to help other people know your love better, to help people know your wisdom, to help people know your compassion. And so, Father, we just thank you for a special blessing on these women today. Thank you, Lord, that they're just encouraged today through the word. Thank you, Lord, that they have a greater understanding more today than ever before of their calling and their purpose to this world and to their family and to those around them. And it's to be a light. It's to be a vessel used for your use to pour into the lives of other people. Thank you for all they do. We just give you so much thanks for each woman in this place. They're a joint that supplies. And we give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. We love y'all. Give our moms a big thank you. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I was telling Jeremy this morning, I said, you know, I, I think um, we don't give moms enough credit or thanks for what they do. You know, the people you raise affect the world. And I told Jeremy, I said, you know, if, if, if a godly mother raises their children in the things of God, that's better for the world. You know what I mean? I mean, every once in a while you have, you know, things that happen in people's lives because the devil pulls at them. But, you know, for people that are raised in a godly home, really the world don't have to worry about those kids. They don't have to worry about them <laughs> because they were raised right. They were raised in the things of God. And it, it, it gives you an advantage. Moms, you're giving your children an advantage. Aunts, grandmothers, you're giving your children an advantage in life by showing them the way. It's not just the love that we give, it's the way that we show them. And I tell you what, there needs to be people in this world pointing to God and pointing to the Word of God. Amen. Because I believe this. I believe that at the moment somebody's born, I believe the enemy starts right then. 
I really do. I believe he starts right then to try to pull them in a different direction, to try to put things on them about their identity, to make them feel unworthy, to make them feel this, to make them feel that. And so we can come against those things in a child's life with the things of God. It's greater. God is greater than. The Holy Ghost is greater than anything the devil's got. Amen. Amen. So praise God for what you give and for what you sow into the people in your house and into the people in your life. Amen. Father, we just thank you today for your word. We thank you that there's an, a, a flow of the Spirit in this place. We thank you that there's an unction on the Word of God. Thank you for an unction in my heart that I preach by the Holy Spirit, not just what's in the notes or what I've studied, but Lord, I thank you that there's an unction in the Spirit to give a word in due season. And we give you praise for your wonderful Word, for the way that it leads and guides us in our life, for the way that it enriches our faith. Faith is coming today to us because the word will be preached. And we give you glory for that in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Well, happy Mother's Day to all of you. Go with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter 18. And uh, did you get your cups? I tell you, that little cup is my favorite find of the year. That thing, you can put it in the oven up to 400 degrees and it won't even mess with it. You can put it over a flame. It's just amazing. And you can put cold stuff in it. You can put hot stuff in it. It's called a silly pint cup. And I mean, I love, I've got two now because I nabbed one as soon as the boxes came in. I said, give me my cup because I always get out to the foyer late and all the all the gifts are gone. So I'm like, I'm getting my gift early because I like this one. But uh, I really wanted y'all to have that. I know it just looks like a cup, but I love my little cup. I mean, I use it every single day. And Roman and I are always fighting for who gets to use it. And so uh, it's hardly ever clean. But uh, we wanted to bless you with something special this year. And, and that's it. So enjoy your hot cup of coffee in that little cup, or you can put a straw in it. It's amazing. You're going to love your little cup. Praise the Lord. But happy Mother's Day to y'all. This is, this is probably one of my favorite um, services of the year is, is Mother's Day. And, um, you know, we always try to be led. You know, Lord, do you want us to minister to mothers, or, you know, are we supposed to, you know, minister on something else? But I'll be honest with you, the last few years, the Lord has always put something in my heart for the mothers and for the grandmothers and for the aunts. And I, and I think, you know, the Lord is just so good to encourage us in what we are doing. Sometimes I think all of us, and this is where the enemy really works on people, he tries to make you feel that what you're doing is insignificant. You know, that you're not doing enough or you're not doing what somebody else is doing. And um, I remember years ago when we first started the church, we probably had, oh man, probably on a good Sunday like 20 people. You know what I mean? Like on a good Sunday. This was 22 years ago when we, when we were in Hemet. And um, 
you know, we were big time. I mean, we would, we would save up all that money and we'd bring in like a big time preacher. You know what I mean? Because we, 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 we believed in the word that was going forth and we wanted people to get substance. You know what I mean? Even though we had a small congregation, our goal in our heart was to get the substance of the word in their hearts because the word works and the word will change your life forever. I'm going to tell you, I look back when we got a hold of the Word of God. I mean, we were like word junkies. We had tape. Back then it was tapes. Cassette Tape University is what we called it. CTU <laughs> is, is where we started. You know, that was before I went to Rama. But you understand what I mean? We, we just devoured it. We couldn't hear it enough. We couldn't, we couldn't you know, learn enough. And so when we started pastoring, that was one of the things that we really desired to do was get the word in people's hearts because we knew that it would change their whole life. It would change your view. It changes your whole view. You face something like an adverse situation in life. When you know the word, you've got a different view than everybody else. You see victory. Hallelujah. You see a victorious outcome for you. Glory to God. You know it was purchased through the blood of Jesus Christ for you to have victory in that situation. just changes everything. But I remember we had um, Brother Ralph Wilkerson. We brought him in. Of course, he pastored Melody Land, like 18,000 people, you know, and he had retired, and he just loved Jeremy. And he came and he ministered at our church, our little group of 20 people. And I'll never forget... um, standing there I think Jeremy was taking the offering or doing something and he leaned over to me and he said Lisa he goes I want you to listen to me he said I don't want you to ever forget the significance of what you're doing never forget the significance of what you're doing well at that time it didn't feel like we were doing very much you know what I mean but I'm going to tell you there's significance if you touch just one life. There's significance if you just touch two lives. There's significance because of the value of a life. We will never understand the value of one life. And when you touch one life for Jesus, when you touch even one life for God, even if that one life is your child, even if those five lives you touch in your whole lifetime is your children and your grandchildren, there is significance in that to God. And I think we need to be reminded of that sometimes, that there is significance in what we do for the Lord when we're reaching other people, even if they're the people in our house. Because I'm going to tell you about the people in your house, they can change the world for God. You can change the world for God by touching people one life at a time. And so this, this, this message today is going to be for moms. It's going to be for grandmas. It's going to be for aunts. It's going to be for dads. It's going to be for grandpas. Because I'm going to tell you, we are called for something very, very special. And that is to minister life to people. Minister the truth to our children. And there's something very important that we are putting in them that will enable them to live a victorious life. You know, there's a real devil out there. There's a real enemy out there who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And for the people that I love, I want them equipped. I want them equipped with truth. I want them equipped with the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And so we never stop sowing. We never stop planting. We never stop communicating the truth to those around us, to those we are called to. Because I'm going to tell you, it's important and it's significant. In, if you're just doing that, it's significant. You know, I'm just preaching out of my heart. I hope that's okay. You know, I, just not too long ago, I was talking to the Lord about something. You know, it, it's been, and I know y'all have felt it too. The cha- You know, cho- COVID has changed a lot of things. And just the, 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 the spiritual warfare is just incredible right now. I mean, am I the only one that has sensed this? It's just incredible. But we have victory, and I'm not going to give up. But I'm telling you, I went to the Lord the other day, and I go, God, (laughs) oh, my goodness. I don't feel like I even know what I'm doing. I don't even feel equipped. I mean, you know, we've got a family. We've got two churches, and we're expanding, and we've got all this vision. And I just tell the Lord, I go, I'm telling you, I don't even feel equipped to even know what to do. And he spoke to me so clear. He said, there's four things I need from you. He goes, I need you to believe me. He goes, I need you to follow me. I need you to keep praying. He goes, and I need you to keep teaching the word. He goes, I'll handle the rest. But that's what I need you to do. And I wrote those things down in my prayer journal, and I thought, that seems so simple. It seems so simple, but it it seems like it wouldn't be enough. But it is enough. And I'm telling you, when you give your family the things of God and you plant the things of God in their life, it is enough. It is enough. It will put them over. It will cause them to be victorious. It'll cause them to finish their course. It'll cause them to fulfill their calling. It is significant. Hallelujah. You get anything out of this today? I'm telling you, we got to keep on keeping on. Amen. So I want to just share, go over, you're over in Genesis chapter 18. I want to just share a few verses with you. Um, I thought this one was really good over in Romans. We'll just put this one on the screen. Romans 16 and verse 13 in the Amplified Classic. You know, um, you know, Paul many times when he was referring to different people, he would write a church and he'd say, you know, say hello to so-and-so. <laughs> you know, say hello to so-and-so for me. And he would refer to them in a personal kind of greeting. He did that here in Romans 16 and 13 and the reason I bring this out is because you know sometimes Mother's Day you know you have people that maybe don't have biological children or or whatever but listen God has put something in women a mothering heart in women and so everything that I say today pertains to you and this is just such a beautiful scripture Romans 16 13 amplified classic Paul said he goes remember me to Rufus imminent in the Lord 
also to his mother, now look at this, who has been a mother to me as well. Don't you just love that? That explains women so well. They have this ability to just embrace people that aren't even their biological children. Maybe they're their kid's best friend or, you know, or, or maybe, um, you know, just somebody at church or whatever that needs a mother. We have this ability to just, to just wrap our arms around people and wrap our hearts around people and love them and mother them with a mothering love. And so the reason I bring this out is so that you know that God can use all of us. And God is using us in these ways. God is sending people for relationship with you. You know, I think um, sometimes we, we, we don't recognize it like we should. But you know, not every relationship that we have in our life is the same. They're for different reasons for different purposes some of them are more important than others but God will send people to you so that you can sow into their life there are people that need inspiration there are people that need to see something in themselves that they don't see but you'll see it through the eyes of faith You'll be a spiritual mother to them. You'll be one of those that helps them to understand faith and understand reaching beyond just the ordinary in life. You will inspire them. And you'll be used by God to pray for them. You'll be used by God to love them. With a, 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 There's just something about a, a mom that understands when somebody needs love. Needs encouragement. I mean, come on, women. Am I, talk, am I talking your language? God has put this in us. He puts different things in different people. You know, men, you know, they have that uh, in them to defend, to protect. You know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're the provider. They're strong leaders in their home, godly leaders in their home. And all of those things are attributes of God. But then you have the women. You have the mom, the grandmothers. You have them. And God has put special things in us for a relationship. God has put things in us so that we understand how to help people get further in life. That's what kept coming to me. He goes, I use women to help people get further in life. They get further along in life. They get further along in the things of God. They get further along in life because of the encouragement, because of the wisdom that flows through them. Um, I just wrote down a few things. You know, women, are you getting anything out of this today? I really hope you are because I'm just encouraged. Um, I'll meet up with you over in Genesis 18, but let me just bring some things out. Some things about women that, that are in us, that, just are, that was just born in us. We're leaders. You are a leader to somebody. You're a leader in your home. You have leadership ability that you probably don't even think about. But I mean, women know how to make life happen. We do. We get up early in the morning, get the laundry going, 
If there's any dishes, you know, we'll, we'll get those put away. We'll get coffee going. You know, we got dinner in the crock pot. We're getting the kids ready for school. We're getting ourselves ready for, you know, the day or getting ready for work or whatever. And then, you know, do everything we do in the day. And then afterwards, you know, here we go, part two. Get all the kids Make sure that, you know, they get to practice on time, make time, make, they get to their recitals, you know, make sure that they get dinner in their belly, make sure they get their homework done, brush their teeth, take a shower, and everybody's in bed at the same time. I mean, that is every single day. And women lead in that. They know how to do that like the back of their hand. They're leaders. They're diligent. Women are diligent. And I thank God for the diligence of women. They're just like that constant, steady, you know what I'm saying? You can depend on them. This um, last um, Christmas, somebody had put something on their Facebook, and it's really true. She said, if it wasn't for women, there wouldn't be holidays. There wouldn't be Christmas. Because it's the women who do all the shopping. It's the women that do all the wrapping. It's the women that do all the, 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 the grocery store shopping. It's the women that do all the cooking. And keep all the traditions going in the family. I'm telling you, it's the women. Dads, and I'm not, this is not a put down, but this happens in my house. He gets up and he's excited to see what the kids get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's not involved in that part of it. He's, there's something about women. They're that constant. They're that steady. You can count on them. They're diligent with what's in their hand, with what's important to them. Hallelujah. All of the wonderful memories, you know, that you have growing up, I guarantee you a woman was used to help make those things happen. Praise the Lord. They're truthful. They're going to tell you the truth. Now, they may pause to see how they can say it gently to you and how to say it in a way that's loving to you, but they do want you to get it and they do want you to understand it. Because it is painful for us to see our kids be dumb. And mama ain't going to let you look dumb. Change that belt. You don't put that color belt with the shoes. Well, don't get offended at that. That's mom. That's mom being truthful with you. Amen. They're going to do it. So get ready for it. Get ready to hear it. And receive it. And then I love this. They're persevering. Moms are persevering. They will go the distance with you. They will never give up on you. I have seen people burn every bridge in their life. Burn everybody. And the only people standing by their side is the parents. It's the truth. Because mom will go it all the way with you. Mom will be with you till the thing is done. You know, Parker moved into an apartment not too long ago. And I mean, we just, you know, I'm the type, I want to get it done. 
I don't care if it takes all night. I don't want to stretch this into two days. I want to do this in one day. Let's just just get an energy drink, take me by Starbucks, whatever we got to do, let's get this done tonight. And I'll never forget it. Everybody had went on home. Even Jeremy went on home. And it's just me and Parker moving the furniture at midnight. But it's mom. Hallelujah. God put that in us. We are remarkable. There's remarkable qualities that are so important to the people around us. We just have no idea the things that we're putting in them might be the very things that they need in five years to finish their race. You know, we see that with Timothy. I'm going I'm to catch up with you in Genesis, but can we put that slide up there? I love this, and this is a real popular scripture that you hear preached on Mother's Day because it talks about the faith of Timothy's grandmother and his mother. But there's a lot here and the backstory to this is kind of interesting. You know, Paul was about ready to finish his life. He was coming to the end of his life. And he had this spiritual son, Timothy. Remember Timothy? He was the young pastor of the church of Ephesus. Well, Timothy had written Paul a letter. <laughs> and I don't know if he was complaining or whining or maybe he was just kind of unloading and sharing with Paul some of the issues that he was dealing with with the people with the church he was facing all kinds of adversity in his life in his ministry with relationships all of it and Paul wrote him back and this was Paul's response to him and I'm going to read this second Timothy 1 1 through 7 out of the new living translation Paul said this to Timothy. He said, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Day and night, I constantly remember you in my prayers. He said, I long to see you again, <laughs> for I remember your tears as we parted. I guess the last time he saw Timothy, Timothy was crying. And I don't know if that's because he missed Paul or he just, you know, maybe he wanted to quit the ministry. I don't know, but he was, he was not in a good place. But he was crying. He said, I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith, notice this, that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that that same faith, Hallelujah. That same spirit of faith continues strong. Hallelujah. That's a good confession. My faith that I have put in my children continues strong in their life. Hallelujah. He said it, that same faith continues strong in you. Here is Timothy facing adversity in life. We all will. We all will. You, you, like I said, you have a child. I believe the minute that child is born, the enemy starts pulling. He's mean. He'll try to confuse a little four-year-old about their gender. He'll try to put fear 
on a little child. He'll try to put anxiety on a teenager. He'll try to put a, a sense of self, of, of no, like no self-worth in the heart of a person at a young age. There is an enemy out there. But praise God, your kids and my kids are like this young man, Timothy, where Paul could look at him and say, you know what, Timothy, you've got faith. Yes, you're facing things. Yes, you're coming against adversity in your life. But I want you to remember something. You've got faith. And I know you've got faith because I know the women that raised you up. They were women of faith. They were women who believed God. They were women who trusted God. And so you know a little something, something about faith, Timmy boy. You're going to get through this. You're going to make it. You will overcome. Hallelujah. This is a generational faith is what this is talking about. God loves generational faith. I'm going to prove it to you in the scriptures. That is what this is all about. That ought to be our goal is that what I've got, I'm passing down. What I've learned, I'm going to tell my kids, and I'm going to tell my grandkids. Because there's a devil that is coming against everybody on the planet. He's loose on the planet. But praise God, Jesus has defeated him. And when you stand firm, Hallelujah, in that victory that Christ has given you as a believer, as a Christian, you cannot be defeated. But see, the problem is so many Christians just don't know. How many people don't know this? Either because, you know, they didn't go to church or because somebody didn't care to tell them or, or you know what I'm saying, teach it to them. But see, we know we've got to pass this down. We've got to pass down this generational faith to our kids. I can look at you, Julie, and I can look at you, Lori. I see Dixie's faith. I see it. Praise God for a godly mother. And I'm going to tell you, maybe there are times when children don't receive it and they reject it. You know, oh, that's my parents' faith or that's what they believed or whatever. But I'm going to tell you, the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. When the going gets rough, they know where to go to. They know where to run to. They run back to the faith of their mother. They run back to the faith of their father. They run back to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I hope this is inspiring you today. How significant and important we are in the lives of our children. He goes on to say this in verse 6. He goes, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Why is he mentioning this? Because Timothy's dealing with a spirit of fear. He's afraid of the problems. He's afraid of the people. He's afraid of the people he's pastoring in his ministry. 
He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Other translations say power, love, and of a sound mind. So he is putting him in remembrance of things that were passed down to him. He said, you've got a spirit of faith, not fear. You've got a spirit of faith. You're going to make it. He goes, you've got a spirit of love in you, Timothy. You can love these people. No matter what they're trying to do to you, you've got it in you. You've got a spirit of power in you. You're not going under. You're going over. He goes, you've got a sound mind, Timothy. This isn't going to strip you of all your strength. This isn't going to make you crazy. Hallelujah. And he goes, I know these things are in you because of what was in your grandmother and what was in your mother, and that was passed down into your life. you got to think about this. How important was Timothy's grandmother and mother to his ministry? It equipped him to do what God had called him to do. Think about how important you are. Think about how important you are to somebody. How important you are in their life to, through that relationship, pass that down. You know, it might be through a, um, I was thinking about, you know, Ruth and Naomi. That was a mother-in-law that gave faith and passed faith and imparted faith into a daughter-in-law. God uses relationships. We need to look around us and see the relationships. I understand there's people, and I'm going to tell you, my heart is so grieved for this young generation. They don't think we know anything. You know what I mean? But there's coming a day. You You keep that bridge open. Don't you let don't you let their pitiful attitudes, snarky comments, and you know what I mean? Because there's a day coming. The devil is a cruel devil. And there's a day coming when they're going to run to the one who has an answer for them. And you can embrace them in love and point them to God. Um, let me let me go over here to Genesis chapter 18 with you. Praise the Lord. You getting anything out of this today? I know we're not running the aisles or anything, but we we need to think about spiritual leadership. Christians are called to spiritual leadership. You're called to be a leader in spiritual things to people around you. Well, you know, I don't think... I'm this, or I don't think I'm that. Well, yeah, that's the devil. That's the devil. He'll always make you think you're less than or not good enough. You know what I'm saying? To be a spiritual anything in anybody's life. But see, when you know something, when you've walked with God, you've got life experiences. Let me tell you about your life experiences. You can pass that down to your children and your grandchildren, and they can use that as a stepping stone. Where maybe you had to learn it the hard way, (laughs) 
Anybody had to learn anything the hard way? And you didn't even have to learn it the hard way. You had the Holy Ghost. You had the Word of God. You just didn't listen to them. And so you ended up learning it, but you ended up learning it the hard way. Well, your life experiences can further somebody else. Your experiences with God meeting your needs can help further your children. I am so thankful for the advantage that I had in growing up in a family. I had a beautiful family. I have a beautiful family that served God. I mean, we, you know, they're flawed like everybody's family's flawed. But they put God first. And they taught me from a very young age to put God first. They taught me at a very young age to tithe. Taught me at a very young age to sow seed. I mean, that was just something we did. Taught me at a very young age to serve in the local church. My mom would drop me off and she'd say, she'll do anything. I'm all, really? It's my spring break. Really? And I'd be down there cleaning the church kitchen and moving furniture in the offices while my friends were swimming at the pool and, you know, all the. But see, it put something in me. It put a love and a value for the local church, for the work of the ministry. I thank God for that because it was passed down. They were like that. They were pillars in the church. They were there. I'll never forget the cleaning days. Do you remember church cleaning days? We're having a cleaning day. Y'all all show up, and I'm thinking, it'll be us. We'll be doing the whole thing, the whole church. We're going to be down there. Hope somebody orders lunch because we're going to be there all day. And here we are, my mom, my nana, and me. We're carrying buckets and mops and stuff in there. And I asked her one day, I go, why are we doing this? And she looked at me, she goes, it's because it's what we do. It's what we do. It puts something in me. Hallelujah. Genesis 18. I, I, I'm not going to be very long. Genesis 18, 18. <laughs> your Frank's up here. Take your time. <laughs> he must have ate a big breakfast because I hear people's bellies growling. <laughs> Hush, Frank. <laughs> Genesis 18, 18 says, Seeing that Abraham, now this time about Abraham, shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. What an offer to Abraham. And you know, you look at Abraham's life. You ever looked at some people in the Bible and you think, why did God pick them? Because they weren't perfect. I mean, here he gets afraid and tells them that his wife is his sister. You know, has a son with his handmaiden. <laughs> this, guy, this guy's got some issues, Lord. Why did you pick Abraham? This verse tells you. 
And it's so simple. It goes on to say, verse 19, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. He will lead them. He will lead them in the things of God. Now I'm going to show you next why God loved this and why the devil hates this. You want to see it? And they, talking about his house, his kids, they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. God picked Abraham because he was going to teach his children the things of God. This is God's thinking. And it's smart. God's thinking, I'm going to take this man, Abraham. I'm going to make a covenant with him. And then I'm going to teach him about that covenant. And I'm going to help him walk in that covenant. And I'm going to bless him. And he's going to prosper. I'm going to teach him about prosperity. I'm going to teach him about this covenant. I'm going to teach him about trusting me and having faith in me and following me. And he's going to build his life on that. That's going to be the foundation of his life is all these things that he's learning from me. But see, God's smart. God did not want all of that to die with Abraham. He didn't want to pour all that into Abraham and then when Abraham died, it's all over. No, he had to find a man that would build their life on the foundation of the things of God and then he had to find a man, this was the quality, that will pass it down to his children. Everything he learned about covenant got passed down. Everything he learned about prosperity got passed down. Everything he learned, hallelujah, about believing and trusting God got passed down from that generation to the next, to the next, to the next. And all these generations of people that built their life on the foundation of that revelation and that wisdom all because of one man who's doing the same thing that you're doing today. How many families do we have in this church that that is your goal? I'm going to put in my kids everything I know about God. Everything I learn about faith, I'm going to show it to them. I'm going to communicate it to them. I'm going to tell them so that they can build their life on the foundation of God. You're doing the same thing that caused God to choose Abraham. That seems so simple. But it's the very thing that God was looking for. Hallelujah. Do you see the significance of what we do? Go over here to, um, oh man, Ephesians 6. Go over there. And while you're going over there, can you put that second slide up there, we're, we're almost finished. But I just want to—I just want to read you a few more scriptures. You see over and over again different things mentioned. 
teaching, 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 training, 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 admonishing, 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 admonishing. You know, anytime it talks about parents and, and what we're to do with our children, those are the things that you see over and over and over again. Why? Because that's how a foundation is built. And so this, this, this slide up here, I just, I just pulled out some different verses that talk about some of these things. Proverbs 1.8 says, My son, hear the instruction. Here it is, instruction. What are we supposed to be doing? Communicating, telling, teaching. My son, hear the instructions of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. You ever heard of that phrase? It's the mom who lays down the law. Mom lays the law down. You're going to do what I tell you to do. Well, listen, that's how they learn. It's through that teaching and that training. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up. Train up. This is such a beautiful promise. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I tell you, hold on to that promise from God. It may look like your children are going squirrely, but I'm telling you, God's got them. God's got them in the palm of his hand. He's got a covenant with you that he will not break. He will move heaven and earth. Hallelujah for your children. Isaiah 54, 13, And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. There it is. Teach, teach, teach. Teach, teach, teach. Teach, teach, teach. And great will be the peace of your children. This world is crazy and chaotic, but your children can have peace right in the middle of it. I have peace of mind. How about you? I walked, or didn't walk. I was driving the other day uh, here in Murrieta. I wasn't even in Hemet, but I saw a man walking, and he was just pulling his at his hair like this. And I thought, oh, the torment, the torment, the torment that would make you just, you know, pull at your hair like that. Thank God, you know, I'm so thankful for the peace that's found in you. Glory to God. Deuteronomy 4 and 9 says, Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known. Make these things known that God has done in your life. The things that you've seen, the miracles that you've seen. The times that God has brought you through, the times that God has met your need. I tell you, walking with God, you rack up quite a few testimonies. But you know how those stories will never die? Those things will never be forgotten? Is when you pass it down. Kids love stories. Grandkids love stories. I love the stories that my grandparents would tell. My grandfather, I called him my papa. He could not read, he could not write. But yet he ran a, you know, multi-million dollar sawmill. 
And it was so simple. He would go out to the bottoms, that's what they call it, where they'd cut the, they'd cut the trees. And he would look at a, a group of, of trees in an area and he'd say, Lord, how many two-by-fours can I get out of those trees over there? And the Lord would give him a number. And that's how he, would knew, how he would know how many trees to cut down. And he knew exactly to the right down to the last two by four how many he was going to get out of that patch of land. I mean, I loved stories like that. I loved stories like that. He got mad at a mule one time and hit it over the head with something and it died. And then he felt bad. And then he realized he needed the mule. So he asked the Lord to raise it up from the dead. And he did. I love that story. That story will never die. My papa's not around anymore, but those stories, those testimonies will never die. Why? Because they got passed down. I'm almost done. He goes, make them known to your children and to your children's children. Deuteronomy 6 and 6 says this, and these words, we'll just put these on the screen, and these words that I command you today shall be, uh, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. There it is. Teach, teach, teach. And talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Listen, it's two things. It's what we say and it's what we do. We demonstrate through our lives what it, what it looks like to trust God. We demonstrate through our lives what it looks like to keep going. Have you ever had things in life that didn't seem fair? Did you have ever, have ever have things in your life that just seemed like it knocked the legs right out from under you? But you kept going, trusting God, believing God. Do you know your kids are watching you? They're watching you persevere. They're watching you as you refuse to give up faith in your God. Hallelujah. I, there's, a, there's somebody in here this morning, and, and I walked through something with you. You went through a divorce, and I saw you lose everything. But you held to the faith of God, and God got it all back to you. And then some, I'm telling you, that's what God will do in a person's life when you trust and believe him. Our kids need to see that. It's a confusing world out there. They need to see the stability of a person of faith. They need to see the stability of a mother's faith and a father's faith that they, as they will not let go of the promises of God and they'll walk through that with God into better things. God not only wants to keep our children, He wants to prosper them. He wants to, he wants to um, cause them to succeed. He wants them to fulfill the things in their heart. And we're living in a world that says, that's impossible. That could never happen for you. You're going to have to live in a tiny house.
That's the world speaking out there. You'll never have the kind of life your parents had. Not this world. Not the way things are going now in this world. You need to bring your expectations way down. But praise God for godly parents who will stand up and say, you know what, you have a covenant, you have promises, you can do anything that God tells you to do. You can have anything that God says you can have. You want a big house? You can have a big house. You want a good career? God will get you a good career. You understand what I'm saying? We live in a world that says impossible, impossible, impossible. But they need people in their life that will show them. Hallelujah. How to serve God. And how to live within the perimeters of the word of God. And how to have faith. And have a spirit of faith. And impart that into their life. Amen. Amen. There's more, but I think we'll stop there. I tell you, I hope you moms and you grandmothers, aunts, dads, grandpas, I hope all of you see that God has put you in the lives of your family. God put you there for the reason to impart. God needs you. You know, when God wants to bless somebody's life, he sends a person. He does. When the devil wants to hurt your life, you know what he does? Sends a person. But when God wants to bless your life, he sends a person to you. You are that person to somebody. Amen? And they need you. And they need your demonstration of faith and they need your words communicating and teaching them the things of God. Amen? Praise God. Let's just lift up our hands and let's just thank God today for what he's doing in our families. Father, we just thank you right now for the way that you're moving. We believe that you are doing something so powerful in our family's life, in our children, in our grandchildren, in our nieces, our nephews, everybody that's connected to us. I thank you, Lord, that you're using us as a mighty instrument in their life. Father, I thank you that there's unction to speak words of deliverance and words of help into people's lives around us. Maybe it's a, it's a, it's a friend or maybe it's a, a best friend's child or whoever it may be. Lord, I just thank you that you quicken us and you help us to remember how you're using us in this hour. It's not just, um, it's not just natural that we that we impart it's supernatural things that we impart and so we thank you today for every person here that there's a mindset in us that we're going to give and that we're going to sow and that sowing is not in vain in the name of Jesus a mighty harvest will come up a harvest of faith a harvest of the Holy Ghost a harvest of healing a harvest of prosperity a harvest of victory in the lives of the people that we love. Glory to God. They'll finish their course and finish their race in Jesus' name because of the seeds of the word that's been planted down on the inside of their heart. They will come up. Those seeds will come up. Lord, we speak to those seeds that we have already planted 
in the lives of our kids, our grandkids. We declare in Jesus' name that that comes forth in this hour as a mighty harvest. We thank you that those seeds, glory to God, will produce great fruit in Jesus' name. And we give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I tell you, be encouraged. If you've sown seed in somebody's heart, that seed, there's power in that seed to come up. Call it forth in Jesus' name. You know, I, I read an article years ago that they found seeds in those pyramids. You know, those, those old pyramids. They found seeds in those pyramids. And they took them and they planted them in the ground and they produced. Hallelujah. Because there's always power in that seed to produce something. If you've sown seed in somebody's life, it's coming up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, did you get something out of that this morning? Hallelujah. If you're here today, you've never received Jesus and you want to. Anybody at all, I want to give you the opportunity to receive the Lord. If you're watching online and you've never given your life to Jesus, could you just pray this prayer with me? Don't wait another day. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus as my personal Savior and Lord. I thank you that all my sin is washed away by the blood of Jesus. You take all my sin and you cast it in the sea of forgetfulness. Hallelujah. It will never be brought against me again. I am right with God. I am right with the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving me and making me righteous in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. We love hearing from you, from those who are watching the program, for those who are receiving Christ every week. Thank you so much for writing us and letting us know. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I tell you what, you are blessed. We just speak a blessing over y'all. Have a happy Mother's Day. Why don't you stand to your feet, your feet shake hands with 5,000 people, and just tell them the Lord is good to me. And we'll see you guys.